Hi, welcome back in. Yeah, you're Milwaukee Brewers, man. It's football season now, so Brewers. <laughs> Brody, who went off yesterday? That would be the San Diego Padres and the Philadelphia Phillies. So the Milwaukee Brewers had an opportunity to gain ground on both teams in the wild card. Instead, they lost to the Mets 7-2 and lost some ground, right? Yep. Max Scherzer comes back from injury, dazzles, perfect through six. 68 pitches, you said, right? 68 pitches, they took him out. It was his first start in 15 days. He's coming off of now his second oblique injury where he's been on the IL this season, and he's missed a total of about 10 weeks. So I get why they're being, you know, cautious with, Scherzer in this situation because of all of the oblique stuff he's went through this year and it's his first start back and the Mets were up five to nothing and clinching a playoff spot. <laughs> so Rowdy, yeah, speaking of Scherzer too as well. Yeah. Mets first since 2016 and clinching the playoff. Now, spot. if this was the other spectrum here and this was the Brewers, Corbin Burns would have been in the midst of like a two month stretch where he was on fire and he would have been at 68 pitches, and the Brewers would have been in the thick of a playoff race, and they still probably would have pulled him. Oh, there, yeah, there's, I, no, doubt about it. there's no doubt about it. Uh, Corbin Burns, before we get to Scherzer, Corbin Burns last night, five and two-third innings, seven hits, five earned runs, striking out four. Uh, hit exactly the magic number of 100 pitches. I said, you know what? Why don't you have a seat right here? Burns just... Dude, the last couple months, Burns hasn't looked like the Corbin Burns that we knew from earlier in the season, from 2021 nope. or 2020. And it all kind of coincides with the Josh, Josh Hader, Hader deal. And remember, he was one of the guys that came out and was vocal about, he was. yeah, this that was one of my friends. I can't believe that he's gone. I don't know why we did this. And yeah, it does kind of make you think about what your future is. Yeah, Yeah, and also... Corbin Burns notably had said, I haven't heard a single word about a contract extension. He thought it was rather strange that he hasn't heard anything about a contract extension. Adam McKelvey wrote an article about it was last week or two weeks ago about Corbin Burns. Like, yeah, my camp hasn't heard anything. Kind of bizarre. Uh, we'll get to uh, specifically the Brewers coming up. But first on the Mets side of things, Rowdy. <laughs> well, uh, you know what I'd tell him? I'd tell Corbin, well... One, you know that the Brewers will probably be cheap, and I would agree with this to this uh, sentiment that uh, next year you will be going to arbitration again. (laughs) And then that following season, you will A, probably get a talk for an extension because that would be your last year, or B, they will probably ship you out. Uh, you think so Corbin basically is- be prepared to play on arbitration next year for at least one more year. Yeah. Be prepared to not make as much money as you rightfully deserve as a Cy Young Award winner. But the last year you are in Milwaukee. Uh, speaking of pitchers, Rowdy, Scherzer, after the game, saying this is what you play the game for, who got his 200th win. He now joins with his 200 wins. Justin Verlander and Zach Granke as the only active pitchers with 200 career wins. And you think about that list. Obviously, wow. that's just three. Those are three big-time names. Zach Grinke, I believe, has said he's probably done after this year. Yeah. And he's... Yeah, 223 wins. He's a shell of what Zach Grinke was even just a few years ago. Former Brewer as well. So I think he's ready to hang it up. But Justin Verlander's probably the favorite to win the AL Cy Young he said this two, senior. 243 wins, Rowdy. Yeah. He, and, and as a guy that's getting up there, like I said, he's he's favorite to win the AL Cy Young this season. Yeah. Uh, and Scherzer, had he have been healthy this entire year, like I said, he's missed eight to ten weeks with two different oblique injuries. He's pitched pretty damn well again. And all three of these guys, yeah, they have 200-plus wins, but they're also they getting up there in age. But Verlander, Scherzer, they still look really good. So, I mean, they're really good. So looking at the list, Rowdy, do you think we'll ever see a uh, – probably not. Do you ever think we'll I see think a 300? 200 is the new 300. Yeah, say, do you think we'll ever see a 300 winner again? They say, uh, tw- what is it, uh, 30 is the new 20? Yeah. In this 40 case, is the new 30? In this case, it's the opposite. 200 is the new 300. All right, so uh, Scherzer just got to 200 last night, obviously. Adam Wainwright sits at 195. Clayton Kershaw, 193. You have David Price at 157. Uh, Johnny Cueto, 142. Madison Bumgarner, 133. Now, here's some guys that are never going to get to 200. Garrett Cole's at 129. 
Lance Lynn, 122. Charlie Morton, 115. Chris Sale uh, and Annabelle Sanchez at 114. Go back up to the top of the list with guys that are closer. Uh, yeah, at Wayno, 195. He, if he plays another season, which now there has been whispers the last couple months that maybe he'd want to come back after how well he 17 pitched. 17 season, sits at 40 years old. He'd, he'd be a shoe-in. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, 15 season, sits at 34. He's at 193. Again, he'll get it. David Price is at 157. He already announced that he was retiring at yeah, the end of the 14 year. 14 seasons, uh, 36 years old. Johnny Cueto is at 142. He's never going to get there. Madison Bumgarner is 133. Never going to get there. Garrett Cole, uh, 129. He's got 10 years uh, under his belt. He's 31 years old. See, he could, pi- he could pitch for, oh, how many wins does he have? 129. So he needs 71. <laughs> we'll give him a... It's possible, but it's going to be tough. Lance Lynn, 122. No. no. Uh, Charlie Morton. No. Nope. Those guys are in their upper 30s. He's 38. Chris Sale. He's done. No. He's he wasn't he in freaking out in AAA like destroying. Yeah. Uh, he he has. By the way, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. He's had arm issues, and then he finally came back and was pitching this year. And I kid you not, Ebo, in his first start since uh, fighting back from these arm injuries. Line drive off of his hand and fractured his hand. Yeah. I'm looking at the list. I'm just trying to see if there's anyone under 30. I'd say Garrett Cole's probably your most likely guy to uh, get there. There's a couple guys who are 31. Outside of Wainwright and Kershaw. Wainwright and Kershaw, if they want to get it, they have it. I don't even know who's going to get to 200. Like you, This list, it's a lot of guys in their mid-30s that aren't even at 100. I mean, um, Garrett Cole's got a real shot. Let's see. He's here. got to pitch really well for the next, you know, probably five to eight years, but that's possible. God, look at who's on the list here. Number 27 active player, Yulisha Sheen, 85. <laughs> 85 he, ain't getting, he ain't getting there. Oh, there's a couple other ones. Uh, wait, uh, did you take Wade Miley yesterday? Last yeah, we'll talk about that. I'll do that coming up. Wade Miley, I mean, he's not. He's at 98. No, the only, the only two are Wayno and Kershaw. Kershaw will get it. Wayno, if he comes back next year, will get it. Yeah. And then Garrett Cole's got a shot. No one else on those lists no. has a shot. And everyone below them are like in their mid-30s, and they're names that are just like, they're not even to 100 yet. And they're names that are like not long for the MLB world anymore. There's you Darvish. Uh, who's he even on now? Where's you Darvish played? Padres. Oh, yeah. you Darvish is 35 years old, but he's at 94. He's not even to 100. There's, it's not, yeah, not happening. Uh, just so happens that the Brewers, the, uh, if Wayno comes back, Rowdy, and Kershaw will get it, let's let's say craziness happens. Wayno doesn't come back and Kershaw maybe retires or something. The Brewers could be the last team to ever give up 200 uh, wins to a pitcher. That would be their, when it comes to Scherzer. Yeah, Everyone nah, else not even close on the list. Garrett Cole will somehow, it'll be like the, the one of the rotational years where the Brewers end up uh, drawing the <laughs> AL East and Garrett Cole will get it when he's about to flirt with 40. Wouldn't that be something? Um, Brewers, the hope is dwindling. I'll have to get a Twitter poll out. Do you believe, do you have hope for the Brewers? As there's 15, is it 15 games or 16? 15, 15 games left. 15 games left. For your Milwaukee Brewers. 15 games left for the Brewers. A lot of home games. Yep. They have 11 out of the 15 are at home. So that's going for them. Also, the other thing that's going for them is that outside of this Mets series, where you have two more games tonight, tomorrow, you have four against Cincinnati, which is a bottom feeder. Uh, You have four at home against Miami. I'd say that they're arguably worse than Cincinnati and Pittsburgh right now. Three at home against the Arizona Cardinals. And then uh, don't forget the two-game series with the 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 Cardinals. Cardinals, who could be resting. But, yeah, that's what I was going to say. At what point do the Cardinals take their foot off the gas pedal? Because uh, September 27th and 28th, that is an exact roughly week till the end of the season when you play the Cardinals. And they already have a huge a huge lead on the Brewers right now it sits at eight and a half games. Yeah, they're eight and a half. What if it's sitting at 10 by the time you get to that game? I don't know if they're really going to be playing super hard, but what the Cardinals always have guys that are like, yeah, I'm just going to go beat the Brewers. You're two and a half games behind the Phillies, which is really three and a half. And you are three games behind the Padres, which is really four. Yeah. Just because of tiebreakers. Tie you do not own any of the tiebreakers and there no there is no game one sixty threes. 
So, yes, time is ticking really quick for the Milwaukee Brewers. You will probably know where the Brewers stand in all of this before they even take on the Cardinals. They will probably be in it or out of it by this time next week. Rowdy, time keeps on ticking and time keeps on slipping for the Brewers. Because if you fail and can, and lose the series to the Mets and then you, say, lose the series to the Cincinnati Reds, you're going to be in a world of hurt. Game over, man. Game over. Yep, it's uh, it's not cutting time. I would also argue, though, that if you look at the remaining schedules for the Padres, the Phillies, and the Brewers, the Brewers do have the easiest schedule remaining with the most home games, but you're also in the biggest hole. Yeah, and you're the Milwaukee Brewers who are destined to disappoint your fan base year after year. 29% chance is what they've given them to make the playoffs right now at 538. The Padres an 89% chance, the Phillies an 82% chance. So you're telling me there is a chance. David Stearns did have some comments about uh, the Brewers and their playoff chances. Our Twitter poll is out. Which do you have more faith in? The Brewers making the playoffs, who are two and a half behind the Phillies, but with the lack of tiebreakers, actually three and a half? And what, are they three behind the Padres? Yep, which is actually four. Four. And then also eight and a half behind the uh, Cardinals for first place in the NL Central. That's not happening. There's... 15 games left. So which do you have more faith in? The Brewers making the playoffs, which I just told you about, or the Badgers, who are currently 18-point underdogs, beating Ohio State Saturday at the Horseshoe? Now, Rowdy, we went back and looked at the last time Ohio State and Wisconsin, the Badgers played, or they won, the Badgers. 31-18. Gilreath returns it. Scott Tolzien goes 13-16, 152 yards, one pick. John Clay, 21 carries, 104 yards, two tutties. James White, 17 carries, 75 yards, one tutty. You got Nick Toon, 72 yards, uh, six receptions, Rowdy. And you just got yourself uh, a shocker at Camp Randall. Which, which would Rowdy vote? And you already alluded to it. You would vote Brewers making the playoffs over the Buc- this is the, the Buckeyes. This is one of the easier polls that we've had. It's easily the Brewers make the playoffs it easily. And the reason being is one. Yeah, I get that. They're technically three and a half and four games out when you don't have the tiebreaker, but they also have 15 games that they get to play 15 games. So they have about two and a half weeks left of the season to play out. This is one singular game. Also, if you just go and you look up the Las Vegas lines here, Ohio State being that 17 and a half to 18 point favorite currently, their money line odds is minus 1000. That's an implied odds <laughs> of winning percentage of 91% or so. Uh-huh. They're giving Wisconsin about a 9% chance of winning this game. Then I can go to DraftKings and I can bring up the uh bets for major league baseball teams to make the playoffs and see that currently right now DraftKings has the Milwaukee Brewers at plus 170 to make the playoffs and if you go and check those implied odds that's 37%. You already listed off at what was it 538 they were in the 30s. 29% chance of making the playoffs. Yeah, another publication had them at 29. So they're roughly 30% or better. The implied odds for the Badgers is literally 9% that they beat Ohio State. So just off of Vegas, which you would say Vegas is pretty good at what they do. I mean, there's a reason why those hotels are built out there. Built out there. It's not, they're not paying for themselves. It's on the backs of us. Just those odds and mathematically, the Brewers already have a different or have a better shot. But here, let me go a little bit further. We're talking about the last time that the Badgers actually beat Ohio State. It's been forever. What did they have? It's been 12 years. They had NFL talent at quarterback, NF, multiple NFL talents at running back. They had multiple talents that were receiving options, whether that be receivers or tight ends. Also, when you look at the defense, there was some pretty big names on the defense, the offensive line. You get what I'm saying. 
I went through and, and looked at the entire rosters for the 2010 <laughs> Wisconsin Badgers and the 2010 Ohio State Buckeyes. And surprisingly enough, that wasn't the most talented 2010 Ohio State roster. That wasn't an average Buckeyes team that's in the top five. That that team the number one not, team in the country. They did not have as much NFL talent as you would think. So I went back through. That Ohio State roster, Ebo, had 17 guys that played in the NFL. 17. You know how many Wisconsin's roster had that year? Three. 21. Oh, really? 21 players. Now, when I say play, you just needed to get one game in the NFL to make oh, it okay. onto their See, I was NFL. thinking of like guys that like you remember. But then on top of that, when you look at uh, some of the guys that were on this team, Scott Tolzien, Monte Ball, John Clay, James White. Now, Clay and White were the big-time running backs that actually played in that game. Look at the receiving core. Nick Toon, he legitly played in the NFL. David Gilreath got a cup of coffee in the NFL. Yeah. By the way, he had the kick return. Jared Aberderis was also on that team running routes. Like, Lance Kendricks was a tight end. Like, that's pretty big names for the Wisconsin Badgers. Gabe Karimi on the offensive line. Yeah, That's when the Wisconsin's offensive line was dominant. We've been talking about the last yeah, few it's been years. Down a couple of years yeah. It's been down. Uh, also on the defense, Bo Allen played for the Eagles played in the NFL for actually a handful of years. Pretty good D tackle JJ Watt ring a bell. Who JJ Watt was on this. Defense. I have heard of him. Chris Borland was on this defense. Mike Taylor was on this defense. Like there was a lot of talent on this Wisconsin team. And then when you look at Ohio state, their leading receiver in this game, Dane Sansenbacher was an undrafted <laughs> free agent, a little white kid. D I'm sorry. Dane Sansenbacher. But weren't we just looking at the top five or the top 50 was uh, college football wide receivers? Yeah. And Ohio State had four of them yeah. in the top 50 in college football. That ain't no Dane Zanzenbacher. Those are guys that are going to be drafted in the first well, three rounds. Didn't Ohio State's quarterback switch to wide receiver when he got to the NFL? Exactly. Terrell, Terrell Pryor was a running quarterback that didn't even pass for a touchdown in that game and switched to wide receiver in the NFL. You look at their running backs, Daniel Heron and uh, Brandon Sane. They're both cups of coffees in the NFL. We're talking about at a minimum, the Ohio state's running backs are going to get that already. Well, don't and, they have four Heisman candidates on their team right now? Dude, Dane Sansenbacher and Devere Posey were the only two legit wide receivers that caught balls that day for Ohio state. Zanzenbacher was an undrafted free agent. Posey was a draft pick that ended his career in Canada. We're talking about, <laughs> we're talking about four of the top 50 Canada. receivers in college football on this Ohio state roster, a Heisman quality uh, quarterback. Who's going to be an actual quarterback in the NFL. And you have the receivers coach, Anthony Gonzalez, former Colt, former Ohio State wide receiver, saying we should have five receivers in the top 50. Oh, and that's not all. You look at it even further. Are you already throwing the white flag up on the Badgers? The like, Ohio don't even go on State to the Buckeyes are undefeated. The Badgers have a loss. The Ohio State Buckeyes have played better competition. They beat the hell out of Toledo. By 56 points, Toledo's supposed to be one of the best teams in the MAC. They beat Arkansas State, which is definitely a better team than New Mexico State and Illinois State. I'm not saying Arkansas State's worth anything. And they beat Notre Dame, which I would say still at this point, even though Notre Dame is what, over? Yeah, they stink. Or I guess they were over heading into last week. Yeah. They're one and two, and they've played pretty ugly. They were a better team when Ohio State played them than when Wisconsin played Washington State. Remember, that was week one. They had some guys that were banged up on the line, but since then, they've lost more guys, lost guys on the defensive end, and oh, by the way, Notre Dame lost their quarterback the last couple of weeks. This was a much better Notre Dame team than it is currently. They've played the better competition. They're undefeated. This is in Columbus at it night in is. the horseshoe. This isn't at night at Camp Randall. This team has way more NFL talent than the current Badger team. When I think about NFL talent on this current Badger team, I think of what? Maybe Brandon uh, Braylon Allen. Braylon Allen, yeah. 
Do you think any of the receivers are going to get drafted? I wouldn't think so. What about Graham Mertz? I don't know. Uh, offensive line. We talk about how it's been down it's the been last down. few years. Defensive line. Benton's going to get Benton, drafted. Yep. Herbig will get drafted. Yep. Outside of that, do you have any great so feeling that, that anyone's going to get drafted? But th- this Ohio State defense is all of a sudden much improved. They're giving up only 84 yards so, on the ground. Rowdy, Wisconsin down 18-point uh, dogs. You already burying them. You, have you already buried, buried you them six feet se- under? If you gave me seventeen points, I'll take Ohio State right now. What about eighteen? It would be a pass, but I think they win by seventeen to twenty-one. So I'll, sure, I'll take it. I don't care. Man, I think this is going to be a no. Whooping. You have no faith. No, any is there anything in you? If if this is turns there into, one iota, one atom in you that would say I could see the Badgers winning. How do you think the Badgers win this game? Do you do you think it's going to be on the arm of Graham Mertz or do you think it's going to be Braylon Allen? I think you got to control the clock of Braylon Allen. And- okay, because if they get behind, this Ohio State offense can score and they can score in bunches. Yeah, tons of talent, tons of speed. You got to control the clock and you got to get greedy on defense and get a bunch of turnovers. Where have we been bitching that the Wisconsin Badgers have been weak this year? Or have been less impressive where we need to see a little bit of improvement. You would say it's the secondary. Yeah. That doesn't play well when you're playing against five of the best receivers <laughs> in college football. Does it? it? It does not. If you get behind early and you can't run Braylon Allen, who would you rather have at quarterback Graham Hertz, who might be trending up or CJ Stroud? Who's in the top <laughs> five as a high. Well, I mean, obviously you want CJ Stroud as quarterback. So, so you have to keep it close. And, oh, by the way, like I said, Ohio State is giving up just 84 yards of game rushing defense this year. Yeah, Wisconsin has been great. They've been below that. But still, both teams, Ohio State has played the better competition, and they're still at 84. So I think it's safe to say you voted in this Twitter poll. The Brewers make the playoffs. And I hate the Brewers. And if they make the playoffs, <laughs> I'm going to be upset because Ananasio and Stearns can say, look, we made it five years in a row. I'm not happy I have to choose this, but I'm just going to be <laughs> realistic and say Wisconsin's about to get their butt whooped on Saturday. Man, already throwing in the towel. Line two, good morning. Who's this? Oh, I'm calling back. It's Mike and Madison. Yeah, yeah. Rowdy. Mike, my man. Come on, Rowdy. Rowdy's already Rowdy is Rowdy's glass is always half empty. My glass is no always half faith, full. No faith, man. No faith, none at all. None at all. And I'm sorry, a take on uh, your city's liberal, so you should throw the ball. What the? I, come on. Hey, Zob, like, hey, Zobes is just thinking outside the box. Okay, that's you know? not even outside the box. That's on Mars, dude. Like that's. He's just throwing stuff on the wall, see if it sticks. You know? Yeah, every Big Ten city uh, is liberal, if you didn't know. If you haven't traveled around the Big Ten, every Big Ten city has some liberalness to it, unless you go to Lincoln where, you know. Well, maybe that's like why Wisconsin stuff. has struggled so much. They're so liberal that they're just like the wussiness takes over, you know? Like there's just uh, pussies no. out there. No, no. You know, hey, Rowdy, you're, okay, what are you saying? 84 yards on the ground average and Ohio State's given up? Correct. Yeah, okay. So Wisconsin's giving up 72. Are you really going to compare Toledo and uh, these other teams that Wisconsin has played? Come on. I mean, they're both they're both known names. They're both teams that aren't going to put anything up. I, Wisconsin is the best defense that Ohio State's going to see possibly all year. Because Notre Dame, Wisconsin would beat them today. And since that first week, they've lost their quarterback. They've lost guys on the line. Like this isn't no, no, the no, same no. Notre I'm saying, Dame I'm team. Saying, I'm saying start Notre Dame starters. Wisconsin would beat them this year. I'd love to see I, it. I don't, I don't know well, about that. I, I think I, it would be a pretty. I think it would probably be a pick'em game. Yeah, well, I think that I think that Notre Dame had a really good run last year, and the game against Wisconsin, they had three interceptions in the last five minutes. So I think that that game kind of got out of control for Wisconsin. Um, I think Graham Mertz has greatly improved. 70%. Think about it. 70% completion. They've given up hey, 72 yards on average on the ground. They're I just I him, have a feeling. I have a feeling. I just there's they're something going to give him headaches. Yep. They're going to give him headaches. Hey, Texas almost beat Alabama. Uh, you had a lot of craziness happening in college sports. We'll, we'll see what happens on Saturday. Oh, Rowdy, have some faith, my man. He, it's, 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 I have more faith in the Brewers, <laughs> <laughs> but you don't. That's the thing. But Rowdy, it's Mike Rowdy's. A, Rowdy's a very the, interesting social experiment. I'm I don't know. To learn I, I call him the world's angriest man. I both don't get their faces pushed in the rest of the year. <laughs> well, Brewers rest of the year. 
Hey, Mike, we love you, buddy. Badgers. All right, all right love you guys. Yeah. Uh, line three, good morning. Hey, guys, it's Matt and Cross Plans. Hey, what's up, Matt? What's going on? Hey, funny. Oh, you know, hey, I'm sad. I'm sad that I missed what went down Saturday. Rowdy told me you gifted him a roll of toilet paper at the tailgate. Well, I, I figured more people would be bringing him after that great story of the week before, but you know. Uh, yeah. Thankfully, I didn't have to I, use it. Yeah, that's good. I, I didn't. I didn't want to. Did you take it to the wedding with you? Is that is that what happened? I I left it because I said it was once, in his car. Yeah, I left it in the vehicle. But um, oh, nice. Next time I might have to fold up a little few rolls and I'll have it in my back pocket just in case. Toilet paper is a hot commodity, so you, you know that came from the heart, Rowdy. Yeah, from the heart. yeah. Matt, rumor is that Matt still had it hoarded from when COVID first happened. He was, he was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a, I got a basement full of toilet. Paper. Yeah, he bought so much toilet uh, like he's going to crap himself for five years straight. <laughs> no, I was just going to say though, you know, we can't be liberal in Madison because with our offense, Barry Alvarez. I mean, until that guy moves on, <laughs> what a great take from Zobin. It's opened up so many different doors to talk about, you know, the Wisconsin Badger football team. Yeah, well, they look good. You know, I I had a nice view from section CC in the upper deck. You know. Oh, you're having an upper decker. Good game. You should maybe oh, yeah. you should have brought the toilet paper with you. Yeah, I was thinking about it, just to throw it down on the field. <laughs> so, what do you think? What do you have more faith in? Uh, well, you're a Cubs fan, so this is a, a different take. I am. So I am. Yeah. Brewers making the playoffs, or the Badgers beating Ohio State? Well, I think uh, I have more faith in the Badgers upsetting Ohio State in the horseshoe. Right? The horseshoe, yep, that's what yep, it's called. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, because, you know, it's college football. Weird stuff happens all the time. And totally. uh, if as long as we don't keep rolling out Graham Mertz to throw on the run and we drop him back to pass, I think we have a better shot, actually. And our defense is really good, except we have a few injuries right now. So I don't know if uh, that'll cause any problems. But it's going to be closer than we think. But I have more faith in uh, Badgers than the Brewers for sure. All right, Matt. All right. Even though, even though I like when the Brewers lose because it's ratings gold, especially for uh, Bill. You know, he's hey, I don't know if you – Misery likes company kind of. I don't know if you saw this or not, but the Cubs were eliminated from playoff contention on Sunday. So there's a... Oh, man, that's terrible. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I knew that know, a long time ago. Yeah, well, it'll probably, what will probably happen is the Brewers and the Padres will make the uh, playoffs. That would be nice. Yeah, then we could rub it into Ben oh, Kenny that his Phillies missed. I can dig it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Matt, good well, stuff, brother. Don't, don't go to those. Yeah, you guys too. See Have me. a good day. See ya. See ya. Uh, let's hear it, Rowdy. Uh, Appalachian State beat number six at the time, Texas A&M. Marshall beat number eight at the time, Notre Dame. Um, Texas almost beat Alabama. The, we watched that game at the red zone. The number one team in the nation. I'm trying to... Yeah, but Texas is ranked. Texas gets some of the best recruits Washington in the country. Washington State, this doesn't bode well to the argument. Notre Dame looks very fraudulent well, and has a has had a bunch of injuries. Um, um, but Appalachian saying, crazy State, thi- crazy things happen. Appalachian State is actually a pretty good team. Crazy things would the Badgers beat Appalachian State? I don't know. Crazy things is what I'm trying to say. Is crazy things happen in college football? Have you already buried the Badgers? I told you if I got seventeen point zero, said eight, no, you said eighteen. You said screw it. If I got 17.0, I would make an official bet. Obviously, if I would have got on it before then, it would be even better. Yeah. But uh, as a personal bet over 17, I probably wouldn't want to bet it. But I just just see Ohio State by 17 to 21. I see a butt whooping. Now, what say you? 608-321-1670. It's a Herculean impossible task to... uh, Convince Rowdy otherwise. He'll never change his mind on anything. But. Oh, can you try it at 608 You want to talk about me being the the black sheep, the odd duck? How about all of the callers we had two weeks ago saying to fire Paul Chris? And now, <laughs> literally less than two weeks later, they're, they're calling State. in and saying that they will beat the number one freaking three, three team three, in the me, country three. on the road in a night game. I'm the one that's crazy. <laughs> we'll come right back. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. I want my coach fired to we're going to beat the number three team in the country <laughs> at their home in a huge, what are they? I think it's a blackout for them. Yeah, it is a blackout. Correct. Night game. That's a hell of a swing in a week and a day. Oh, well, how about this? Let's hear from, uh, oops, let's turn off Kanye for a second. I'm sorry. Easy. 
Uh, let's uh, hear from Graham Mertz. Looking forward to the challenge of playing on the road at Ohio State. I'm excited. I mean, as a quarterback, you kind of you love away games. Um, that's that's the, it's just you and your boys out there, and I can't wait. It'll be a fun one. All right, Mertz is asked about uh, how he would evaluate his play so far. So, Rowdy, you would say that Graham Mertz is trending up, right? He's had three straight games, the first time in his career, of over 200 yards passing. I would say overall, Graham Mertz has looked better against lesser opponents. We know that. But this is the most consistent he's looked, even though it's been against the lesser components, if that makes sense. So with that reasoning, yes, I would say he seems to be trending up. So how would he evaluate his play? Yeah, I think solid. I think that doesn't mean anything unless we build on it. And that's what I'm excited for. I mean, I think that for me, it's it's looking at the past weeks and, and what have I done good? What have I messed up? Or what have I, uh, what can I improve? And just being honest with myself and attacking it every week. I mean, we've got a good plan going into this week. And it's for me, it's just this week of practice. Just really honing on those details and make sure everybody's ready to rock. So, Rowdy, uh, Graham Mertz, you know, talking right there. Um, how does Wisconsin offensively win the game? Is it Braylon Allen and you control the clocks? You know, Chesma Lucy. Maybe Isaac Garendo houses his opening kickoff and to set the tone from there. Or does Graham Mertz have to be able to, I mean, I already know the answer that Graham Mertz has to make timely passes, but is Graham Mertz the one that's going to have to beat Ohio State? See, I think I'm with you. I think it has to be the fact that Braylon Allen has to run the football well. Ches Malusi has to run the football well. But I think we both know that that actually starts with the offensive line and they need to come out, be physical, run block. But that's where I look back and I look at Ohio State. Yeah, they played Toledo. Yeah, they played Arkansas State. But they did play Notre Dame at their healthiest. And they're allowing just 84 yards per game on the ground. Well, the Badgers are better. Yeah, and they've played lesser opponents. And I'm not saying that Toledo's great, but they're one of the better MAC teams this year. New Mexico State is one of the worst teams in college football. <laughs> Illinois State is an FCS school. Washington State is worse than a healthy Notre Dame team so, that Ohio State played week one. With the teams the Badgers have played, we're going to hear from Mertz, and there's three people trying to get on here. So, one second. Mertz was asked whether they've done enough to force teams to respect the pass. What do you think? Well, before we hear from Mertz, that's what I that was going to say is it's going to have to be Malusi and Braylon Allen where they're controlling the game. But in that same sense with that offensive line, can they be physical enough against a much better stellar Ohio State defense than we've seen the last couple of years? And at the same time, it's going to come down to Mertz is going to have to make the passes and the plays when it's his time to do so. so. And I guess it's the combination of those because I anticipate the Wisconsin Badgers defense to be decent and maybe slow down Ohio State for the first quarter or two. But if they can't keep it close at that point, after that first quarter or two, yeah. this game's going to get away from them super quick. All right, here's Mertz, and have they done enough to force uh, teams to respect the pass? I kind of said during fall camp, we want to make people defend the whole field and uh, not just the run game, and, and that's that's when we're at our best is when we can be balanced and truly attack. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not in the defensive meetings in their room, so I don't really know what their messaging is, but I, mean, I know what our messaging is, and, and that's what we're going to do. That balanced attack says Mertz. I get to talk to my radio child, my radio son, Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show. Good morning, Grant Bills. Good morning, Evo. I thought of you yesterday when watching a Packers press conference. I don't know if you heard, but uh, Aaron Rodgers said about Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon that every day those two get out of bed, it's the best day of their life. And I said, oh, it sounds like my, my radio father, my coworker, and my good friend, Evo. I did hear that. And I, in fact, I thought of myself. I was like, hey, that's, that's something that I say. So thank you for thinking yeah. of me, Grant Bills. And I know um, I'm glad to see that, you know, some, they say some traits like skip a generation. I'm glad my trait didn't skip a generation when it comes to you. You were at the beautiful Dell's Bar last night, downtown La Crosse, uh, right there on 3rd Street. Please tell me the anytime drink was consumed last night from you. Ah, no. Whoa, I guess it did miss a generation. Unbelievable. I just went straight to the beers. The The football was on, and, you know, Monday night at the bar is great. Monday night last night was great because there was just, like, the right amount of people there. Like, there were about a dozen people around the bar, so it didn't feel like you were a total loser for being out on a Monday. Uh, And then we just watched the Monday night games. It It was great. 
Hey, speaking of the Monday night games, I mean, are the Buffalo Bills the most impressive here? Because, my God. Uh, yeah, they are a wagon. And I slightly dread when the Packers have to play them in Buffalo because I, I feel like that might be a little bit of a beatdown. That's a ways off. That's a ways, a ways off. off. Could Packers, be completely different teams. Yeah, you know how the Packers work. Like, they, they get better and change and actually start playing good as the season goes along. So yeah, a lot yeah, could change. But yeah. right now I'm looking at that game and thinking, ooh, I don't, I don't know if that's going to go too well. I just... Uh, Grant, the other thing that happened last night was the Eagles and Minnesota Vikings. We know one young Ben Kenny is very excited about his Eagles fly, Eagles fly. But uh, any, yeah. uh, any words you'd like to say to uh, Kirk Cousins, who is an avid listener of Over the Line? That was actually, I was looking at some numbers this morning. I, I wasn't being a very analytical football fan last night. Uh, I apologize. But I, was looking, I was looking at some of the Vikings writers and what they posted this morning. Last night, the three quarters is like the worst game Kirk Cousins has ever played. He's just he's throwing picks everywhere. He hung out Justin Jefferson a couple of times. It's just it wasn't great. But also like an interesting part of last night's game, Ebo, and maybe this is the one takeaway the Packers should actually think about. The Eagles went man and just stuck Darius Slay on Justin Jefferson, and it actually worked really well. So Shocking, I don't know. Maybe right? he is mortal. Yeah, maybe he is mortal. Maybe he can be covered. I, I don't know, but maybe something to be learned there. Oh, of course, and if you could always play Kirk Cousins on Monday night or Sunday night football, you're hey, he's, he's, he's trash. He's turds. It was like yeah, maybe yeah, it, yeah. one could argue maybe he was out at Dell's bar the night before and had a little too much to drink, and that's why he played so poorly. Argue. One could argue. I mean, it's Minnesota, Minneapolis, not you know as far away uh, yeah. from uh, you and Lacrosse there in WKTY. Grant. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Let me ask you on this, brother. You you carry the Brewers' flame very well sometimes. Um, I ca- I carry the B. As sports fans in the state love to say about the Packers carrying the G. I carry the B. Which do you have more faith in? The Wisconsin Badgers this weekend taking down Ohio State as eighteen point dogs, or the Milwaukee Brewers who are now down two and a half? Well, no tiebreakers. Well, they don't have them as it would be three and three and a half then, I guess, to the Phillies and Padres. What's your more faith in the Brewers making the playoffs or the Badgers beating Ohio State? Outstanding radio question, by the way, Evo. Thank I you. give my cap to you for creatively involving. Uh, it was from our, actually one of our listeners, Bobby, so thank him. Oh, nice. Well, hat tip to Bobby. Uh, this is a tough one to answer, though, because it's a little like asking me, if I'm going to go to Walmart here after I talk to you to get my groceries for the week. It's a little like asking me, Grant, do you have more faith in seeing a dodo bird in the parking lot of your building or a T-Rex on the south side of the cross next to the Walmart? I I don't really have faith in in either one. I, I think the Brewers, they've given us some, some fun moments, and maybe we've thought, like, ah, maybe, ah, maybe, no, but could. Eh, you know, we keep going back and forth. I, but I feel like we've seen the Brewers' limit. Like I, I, I don't think there's another level they have to reach. With the Badgers, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe they might swing the ball around all over the place, but I think most likely they probably get pounded by Ohio State. So I guess I don't really have faith in either. Well, great. Which one's the T Rex? Which one's the T Rex, and which one is the Dodo Bird? What the Badgers are the more likely of the two. Okay, so that's know. the case. I just googled yeah. this. Um, this comes from the Dodo.com. I would say, Grant, that the oh, Brewers oh, would be right. the Dodo Bird in this this. Scenario, and this is why, because they're run by yeah. a bunch of dumbasses. And the dodo bird went extinct because it was a dumb bird. Well, hang on, boys. From the dodo.com, apparently there are fewer than 200 dodo birds still in existence in a tiny patch of forest on the island of Samoa. There's no way that's true, is there? I, I, I Googled it. Hey, Ebo, that even backs up my my reasoning for picking the Brewers to be more likely. They're still dodo birds alive. This comes from an article wait, wait, written wait, wait, in 2014. Rowdy Nelson Raysback is, is picked. What? You have the Brewers in this scenario? Explain. Yeah. That makes no sense. I know. He's a Braves fan now, too. It's, it's strange, Grant. Something is in the air, you know? I don't know what it is. Right, so Rowdy's back on the. Well, maybe I do feel better. About I'm it. not back, on, back the on the bandwagon. I'm just not on the Badgers bandwagon. But you're not off the Brewers bandwagon. It sounds like maybe you're walking on the street next to the wagon, just in arm's reach. I just know that they'll do on. these things just to hang on, just to keep people interested, just enough to keep it uh, people excited. I, I agree with you. On that. The I Badgers could just go out there and get absolutely crushed. Oh yeah. 
what's the line? Is it 20? 18. I saw it at 18. I got to investigate more of this. Wasn't it 17 at first? Did it, did it move it out? It opened already? at 14 and a half. God. God. <laughs> but that's, wait, that's good because people are laying money on the on the Badgers. No, Sorry, no, no. My brain is little. No, 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 no. The line, the line went from 14 and a half to now 18. It means a lot of money coming on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Thank you. My beer brain is, yes. Uh, I, that's probably not an investment that I will make, the Badgers, to cover any sort of spread. So, Although, hey, at the tomb against New Mexico State, either I really underestimate their ability to beat up a bad team or I underestimated how bad New Mexico State is. Ben Kenny and Zach were right. That team was trash. Yeah, but you still got to go and do it. Oh, yeah. And Graham Mertz made some nice throws. Like, I'm kind of pro-Graham Mertz right now. Same, I, I'm pro I don't I'm know pro what Mertz. they're going to do with it, but I'm, I'm kind of pro-Graham Mertz at the moment. Um, I, I, Grant, as you've been talking about Mertz, I've been trying to find more on this Dodo if it's still alive. I just saw the Dodo. There's just one website, the Dodo.com, saying that, uh, I don't know. I don't think it's true. Seemed like seemed like they might be biased. That might be a conflict of interest if they're the only one reporting it. Yeah, I'm, I got the research department on it. It's It's It's... I don't know. I don't think so. I, don't, I think Dodo's dead. Uh, Grant, Grant, anything else? Uh, by the way, how was your weekend? What did you do over the weekend? Like, what, what, what did Grant Bills do? On Saturday night, Evo, I, you'll be proud of me for this. I took my lovely girlfriend to a supper club. No. Oh. Uh, Were you in Milwaukee or in La Crosse? No, in La Crosse. Uh, just outside town, we drove along the beautiful Mississippi River. And then at the supper club, I bought a steak. Ooh. And I had... Brandy, like a man. So that a boy. Uh, what what cut steak and how did you there. order it? What cut of steak and how did you order it? It was a ribeye. Oof, ah, was, uh, my man. Medium rare. To yeah. Wear. Woo! Grand Bills. I love it, baby. I love it. Well done. So, and uh, yeah. <laughs> and then yesterday I watched football day or Sunday I watched football day. But there were a lot of bad football games. You've really turned the corner, Grand Bills. You've really turned the corner here. Well, you know, I, hey, I, I, I was I'm gonna think of you a lot in my day to day. When life. you were filling in on the Kenny and Bill's uh, Michael show when, when uh, Bill was gone, I got a message from one of our listeners uh, who's a fan of mine, uh, listens to yours uh, show as well. Uh, let's see here. And don't take this as a slight, take this as a positive thing, Grant Bills. Uh, let's see here. He had said that ever since Grant did the golf outing with you guys, You've made more of a man of him, Ebo. I'm proud to say. So there you go. Grant Bills, a listener saying, ever since you did our golf event and, you know, carted around Dave from Monona, that you've become more of a man and you are better to listen to now. How about that? And now you're talking about uh, ordering medium rare ribeyes, watching football all day, drinking brandy. You act like I've never had a steak in my life before. No, no, no. You, you brought it up. I, I'm sure you have. This is true. I, I did bring it up. That that is very true. I, well, that's nice to hear from the listenership uh, of your fine and uh, yours. He listens to you as well. Yeah. Uh, wow. I think weirdly well, enough, the credit has to go to Dave from Monona because if I remember correctly, in the clip that you made that you put on social media, yeah. one of the first few things Dave says in there is his goal is to make Grant a man today, and now he's saying post that. It sounds like he outing. is. It sounds like Dave, mission accomplished. Oh, oh, uh, really quickly, the worst take I've heard all week was David Minona. I heard him call your show yesterday, and he called mine to complain that the Badgers kicked a field goal to make it 66. <laughs> yeah, that's a terrible take. Uh, instead of 63. That's the worst take I've heard from the week, and very against like the way Dave is wired. Like, I know. Dave is worried about feelings and stuff. I like, know. I know. I know. I know. Grant, I'm glad it's we could all bad. agree that Dave's always got bad takes. That one is not. Yeah. yeah. And the Bears still suck. Yes, thank you. That's, let's end right there. Grant, we'll listen 4 to 6 tonight, the Wisco Sports Show. Uh, we say good morning to one young Ben Kenny. Good morning, Benjamin. Oh, gentlemen. Hey, fly, Eagles, fly. Gentlemen, gentlemen. What a game last night. Hey, the enemy and my enemy is my friend. I love the Eagles because they beat the Minnesota Vikings. Very friendly performance from the Eagles last night. You got the fans out there uh, doing the little fraudulent skull chant. Yeah. They were just trouncing the Vikings. Kirk Cousins sucks. Yep. And my honestly, my takeaway from that, from the Packer perspective, aside from the Vikings losing is good, kind of a glaring indictment on Joe Barry's attempt to stop the Vikings week one. Rod, you said that too. I mean, it's, it was obvious. But it isn't the put Jair on him all the time. 
because like Slay was on him. But the Darius Slay could have had six interceptions last night. <laughs> there were a couple that were a little bit out of reach, and then one that he dropped. But they just didn't bring any pressure on Cousins week one, and he absolutely wilts under it. Where it wasn't, uh, the Eagles weren't throwing complicated looks, but every time the Vikings got in the red zone, they sent four extra dudes at Cousins. He threw up a lame duck pass, and There's it got this. intercepted. There's also this. Packers weren't trying to win week one. Packers chose to lose. The, and that was we the complete... That was the complete feeling out process where they wanted to see what their line looked like. They changed it in in game. They chose to lose. They really did not try anything different the entire game. Because life is about choices. As Justin Jefferson was running wild down the field catching passes. And I, I said this earlier in the show when you came in, I wanted to ask you the question. Who is a better corner, Jair Alexander or Darius Slay? That's a really good question. I think they are neck and neck at the top, towards the top of the league. So you think that if Jair Alexander went one-on-one with Justin Jefferson with maybe at times a little bit of help over the top and the Packers actually tried to play defense, that Jair Alexander would probably do pretty well against Justin Jefferson as well? Yes, no doubt. But one of the keys to that, I mean, the interceptions and all of the horrible throws just come from when Cousins has anybody within five feet of him. So part of... How Slay had a great game is the fact that, I mean, when Cousins gets pressured, he, he was just throwing up jump balls to the other team. Justin Jefferson was a great cornerback last night, actually. He was batting down passes. Um, but I don't know. That whole Rager-Jefferson uh, thing, uh, he didn't look that great last night. I think the Eagles dodged a bullet drafting him. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> I did see that uh, Jalen Rager was being booed when he was back returning punts. Yeah, I'm surprised he caught all of them. I was looking forward to seeing him muff a punt more than most things that night. See, life is about about choices, Benjamin. And the it's Packers a take. chose to lose against the Vikings it's because it was the take. fourth preseason game for them. I just didn't. There was no adjustment. And some of their words, if you listen to what Barry and LaFleur said, Barry goes, could we have put uh, Jair Alexander on him? Yeah, but that wasn't part of our game plan. And we're not doing that today. Oh, there were definitely no adjustments. LaFleur goes, yeah, we could also do that and maybe we do it moving forward, but we weren't going to completely change our entire scheme. So you weren't going to make any adjustments. You were just there to feel it out. See how Eric Stokes would do against Jeff and Justin Jefferson one-on-one. See how Rasul Douglas would do against him one-on-one. Didn't want to go with your top guy. Didn't want to give any help. You just wanted to feel it out. See how it would go. And Kirk Cousins happened to play well. No, they, they weren't even, they weren't even playing. They weren't even putting Stokes on him or Rasul. They were were, playing the softest shell of all time. And all that, like in the back I don't know, end, there was a couple where ben, Stokes was one-on-one with Jefferson and he got burned. Ben, uh, you've heard of Play-Doh, correct? Play-Doh? Yeah. yeah Play-Doh, the, the pl- toy that you had in No, that's Play-Doh. This is Plato. Okay. Uh, Socrates, Play-Doh, etc. Is that the guy that founded geometry? Play-Doh once said, good actions give strength to ourselves and inspire good actions in others. So what the Packers did week one is they wanted to see who had good actions, who had bad actions to give strength to the team and inspire others to have good actions. Therefore, they knew what to do come week two. That's why they beat the brakes off the Bears. I would say the Eagles have inspired the Packers to play better when they play the Vikings because they showed that Kirk Cousins is a complete fraud. So how about all of a sudden now after the for some people, the sky was falling week one after, you know, we know this is how they looked last year after the week one. They, in my opinion, still had about six quarters in the first two games where they looked rusty. Other than that, it, it almost is tracking the same as last year. It's one and one, and now the NFC North is completely tied. It's even. Yeah, even all piece. Let's go to the... That still doesn't, by the way, all of last week, this guy was never falling in my brain. I just... I, I need to see the passing offense really do it. I actually, now I ha- since he talks about the sky not falling for the Packers, I have to ask him, would you say that last week, according to callers, the sky was falling for Paul Christ and Wisconsin Badgers? Yeah, and I think they were wrong. Well, let's well, get to that. Let's get to the poll coming up. One second. I mean, the though. perspective on. Let's, let's, get to the, let's get to the Badgers in one second. But first, line one. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, time back guy. Birthday cake, my buddy owns Lane's Bakery. Oh, Charlie, Charlie, are you saying that you want to send the king a happy birthday cake? Oh, 
Well, he, he should order one for, through them. Oh, oh, so I should order one through them for you, correct? To the king? No, no for the king. Okay. Yeah, just tell me you know me. Okay. Chucky Lane. I mean, Charlie, you your name is worth its weight in gold, correct? Yeah, I know Chucky. I know Charles. I know Donald. I know Charlie. Oh, you do? Yeah, you. Yeah. I talk to you every day. You're like eight times a day, I, minimum. I graduated with him in high school. All right, so who am I calling to say no you to get a cake out of this? Chucky Lane, the owner. Okay, Chuck E. Lane. Is he related to Chuck E. Cheese? Oh, that's the last name, sorry. Well, his name's Chuck, Chuck E. Go, Lane. Chuck. Huh? Chuck E. Lane. I don't know the middle of this one, but oh, Chuck, Chuck Lane. Okay, Chuck Lane. Gotcha. All right, yeah, thanks, he Kim. gets there at like two in the morning to make cakes and stuff. All right, well, all right. Well, I'll I'll see if you can get, work up a cake for us instead of the king. Okay. Okay, man. Hey, do you know Chuck E. Cheese? Do you know his real name is Charles Entertainment Cheese? Did you know that? Uh, no, but we ordered. Uh, Schrager ordered them. Uh, for us a lot of times. That's fantastic. All right, there he is. Our guy, Charlie. Is he okay? He just got out of the ER. He's, he's, oh. he's doing better. He said he's doing good. Gotcha. He's drinking Sprite. Don't need some saltine crackers. Kid bounces back. He bounces back quick, Ben. He's a he's a survivor, okay? All right, so speaking of... Sur- what was that? There's, just, there's a lot happening outside this door to my left. What's going on? Uh, and I find it rather unnecessary. Are we? Well, what's happening out there? I see there a lot are of, never people in this area. I see a lot of people building. walking around outside behind Rowdy. One, two, three, four. That's a lot of voices. Five. What are they doing? I, I don't know. I, apparently, they all decided to come into work finally. I, I've never seen those people ever. Ever. So I, they don't work here. I don't know who they are. Interesting. I don't your buddy, your buddy Pat Gallagher is the one parading them around. So that's I'll do some digging, but no, no, no stay there. We don't, I, we don't. Care. It's like I, I'm not used to seeing people on this side of the building, and suddenly, you know. Everyone. Well, there's a sales conference going on this week, so like the most of the people in the building are gone this week because they're in the Dells. Oh, I don't know. I don't. Know, I have no idea who the hell those people are. Anyway, maybe they're the replacements, the scab workers. All right, boys. Ben, speaking of surviving and Rowdy surviving, um, I don't know if you were listening at the in the first segment of the eight o'clock hour, Rowdy. Basically went down a whole laundry list of why the Badgers are doomed and dead in the water. And, you know, um, have you seen the movie Step Brothers? Yes. You know, when John C. Riley's in the grave and he wakes up and he's like, what are you doing? And yep. Bill Ferrell's like, I'm, I'm burying, burying you. you. <laughs> well, in the grave is the Badgers and with the shovel on top is Rowdy burying the Badgers. Now, let's not forget where this derived from. This came from what is more likely. True. The, the Brewers, Brewers make the playoffs. making the playoffs or the Badgers beating Ohio State. Now, Ben, with that question, what would you vote? Which is more likely to happen? The Brewers making the playoffs or the Badgers beating Ohio State? Think you about- said yesterday that you feel it like I feel it in the air, in your plums, in my plums, in the proverbial collective plums. Something special is going to happen. Think about how bad the the Padres have been since uh, Josh Hader hasn't been great. Juan Soto hasn't been great. Think about how many years your Phillies have uh, messed up and not made the playoffs. And also, you got to weigh all this in your brain. I don't ever think or want to know much about your plums. But do you still have the same feeling in them as you did yesterday as today? I mean this in the nicest way. It's a stupid poll. We don't care, neither, Ben. I don't care about your neither, opinion on the poll. Neither are well. Likely. If it's stupid or not, neither are. I, I Here, I'll the, use the Ben. I'll use the Ben Kenny answer. Well, there should have been an option of neither. No, I feel the exact same way about both of these options. Neither are close to likely. However, I have the the plum feeling for both. So your your plums still feel tingly. Because the Phillies will like collapse, and the Brewers will likely overtake them. And yet, I come here today. Here's the thing: if we want to talk about this Badger Ohio State matchup. I, it's not close to likely Wisconsin wins. I think it would be a moral victories aren't great, but which if is they more keep likely. it close and lose by four at night in the shoe, I think that's a good sign for the rest of the season. However, I would be lying to everybody if I said they couldn't win. That's why they play the game. Where last year, and it's a different Ohio State team, however, same quarterback, similar-ish weapons, uh, similar caliber weapons, the two teams that were able to beat Ohio State in the regular season, Oregon and Michigan, they pressured Stroud. And when he was pressured, he looked bad. And we saw week one against Notre Dame. Notre Dame's defense kind of did the same. Ohio State ran the ball a lot. They didn't have Jackson Smith and Jigba for most of the game. If Nick Herbig and Benton have this crazy, otherworldly draft type of, like, I'm going to be a second-round, first-round pick kind of game, it's possible. 
But you need perfection at all levels. You need a defensive special teams touchdown. You need to win the turnover battle. You need an opening kickoff to the house. Two. Yeah, there, there's a, so much that has to go right. But I would be lying if I came in here and said Ohio State wins by four touchdowns and Wisconsin has no chance. So what's your answer? Your the two options in the poll. done. Which is more likely? Probably the Brewers. See, I was going to tell you. It speaks more to my lack of faith in the team directly above them. I thought you had a feeling in your nutsack, Ben, and your berries. Ben, you have the right idea here. Ebo's feeling that he feels in his plums, that's actually a dull pain, and he should probably get it looked at. Oh, no. They've never felt better. I know you feel it too, Ben. It's not that I don't feel. I'm talking myself into how this game can be competitive. And I think at the end of the day. Did I scare you off the word nutsack? I apologize for that. What? You got kind of quiet when I said nutsack. No, I'm just trying to wrap my head around my feelings because I feel horrible <laughs> about this game. But I'm, I'm talking myself into how it can be close and competitive. Like and I don't know. From what we've seen, like sitting here today, compared to entering week one, this team is a downfield passing game. Hey, hang on. Rowdy, you once, said to, you once talked about the do theory. That you're someone's do. Yeah, and it's not a good theory. You're due to win. It's been 12 years since Wisconsin beat Ohio State. That's aren't not they a theory, that's not a theory that pays. Aren't they, made the playoffs. Aren't they due to beat the, the Ohio State Buckeyes? The due theory? And that's a terrible theory. That hardly ever works. <laughs> Didn't it work for you for the due theory when you bet it? What was the due one, theory? In a one Daniel singular, it was due. No, no he it, just plays well at Augusta. Yeah. It wasn't, the, the it wasn't the do. What was the do theory you did before? It was not too long ago you did the do theory. Yeah, and I got lucky and it won. This, this is not do. <laughs> it's been twelve years. How can they? Not, eventually, it's got to happen, right? What's the closest they've been? The Badgers had great opportunities. Halftime in the Big Ten Championship game? The Badgers had great opportunities to beat Ohio State in the last handful of years, and they couldn't get it done with teams that were much more competitive talent-wise, like the JT Barrett quarterbacked Ohio State team. This is not one of those games. Plum theory. Do theory. Should we talk positives or negatives here? I have a lot of Yes, positives. Yes, please. We already went a half hour on negatives at 8 o'clock. Okay, let's be positive today. we got to have the yin and Maybe the yang. Maybe we'll be negative on Thursday and Friday. No, I'll be even more positive. Entering week one. Do yeah. theory, plum theory. Will you take theory. Wisconsin to win this week? Yes. Will you take... Well, so then you're taking them together. Entering week one. <laughs> Wisconsin by three. If I told you that this team would have a legitimate downfield passing game with four to five weapons and Graham Mertz averaging 12 or 11 and a half yards per attempt, I things have changed with this team, some for the better, some for the worse. If you want to look at the biggest positive entering this week is they have the pass rush ability and maybe Leonard just throws a master class together. Jackson Smith and Jigba isn't totally healthy. He hasn't played much this season. Mm-hmm. And I Ohio State's defense has been good. I The Notre Dame game, I the defense played really well, but the offense looked pedestrian. They haven't clicked clicked against a good team yet. And with what Graham Mertz has shown, there is a capability I'm, there. I'm back on the Mertz wagon, dude. I'm he back. could go off and completely no, no, no. dictate this football he game. He will. But a lot of that does fall on the offensive line, which, yep, we, yep, right if you want to talk positively, Trey Wiedig and, and uh, Tanner Bordellini in there on the right side looked a lot better against New Mexico State, getting Brown and Fertney out of there. So maybe Wiedig or maybe Malman's back, and the O-line plays great. There's a possibility there. No, there's always a possibility. All right, so you're rowdy. Um, I gave a Plato quote. I'll give you a Socrates quote before you're out of here, Ben. People like, how can Ebo sit here and say, because Rowdy just asked me, are you taking the Badgers to win? Yes, I am. It's on brand, and I feel it down in my plums. It's the do theory. It's the plum theory. And for Socrates, a quote, the only true wisdom, Ben and Rowdy, is knowing you know nothing. So if I sit here and say the Badgers are going to win, be like, what kind of wisdom is that? Well, the only true wisdom is knowing that you know nothing. So, I know nothing. Wisest thing I've ever said. Do theory, plum theory. I'll think of one more theory before Friday, all right, boys? Hey, speaking of Friday, we're going to be at Pooley's, Rowdy. That'll be a good one. Four to six, Rowdy's like, you're such an idiot. Four to six at Pooley's. Ben, Thursday, you're at Monks and Sun Prairie. We are. Five to six with Zach Halperin. But what's happening tonight, Broski? 
We're live from 6 to 7. Here in the studio. Yes. Talking about New Mexico State for a little bit. We are breaking down the anatomy of an upset. How does Wisconsin upset Ohio State? What has to happen? I also can I have one more positive note very quick. Please. Washington State looks really good. And as this season goes along, that loss is going to look better and better. Just saying. Okay, I dig it. It's a bad loss. Do you dig any of those positivities at all to hurt? Also, Ohio State's defense is... I think for every positive thing you can do, Rowdy would do three negatives. Ohio State's defense has been mostly average. Ben, who has played the better schedule? <laughs> I uh, Listen, they're better than Wisconsin. I'm just saying their defense has not completely turned the best defense in the country corner. They've been okay. They were okay against Notre Dame. Notre Dame is freaking inept. Notre Dame cannot do anything on offense. So I don't know how we view that as a really impressive performance. Notre Dame sucks. Yeah, they stink. And I will hit you with an Aristotle quote. Ooh. We make war so that we may live in peace. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we'll take a break. Well done, Rowdy.